woman at the well has an encounter with God. And there's all this movement at the beginning of this gospel. And in the midst of all of this activity, this woman's life's work, she encounters Christ and doesn't, doesn't know what's going on at first. Uh, they are coming back from Jerusalem up to, the, up to Galilee, and there's two ways that you can go. Most Jews would take the route that goes down south, goes east by the Jordan River down in the valley to avoid Samaria just because of these kinds of altercations. It's uncomfortable to run into this. It's like, in some ways like the Palestinian-Israeli conflict today in, in some of the same areas. And they would just go out of their way to avoid trouble, especially if you're making that pilgrimage from Jerusalem. Uh, it was not welcome. But Jesus has deliberately chosen to go through Samaritan uh, territory. He knows he's going to encounter somebody. It's as if he's looking for this woman, that he's set it up, that he wants to have a conversation with this group, with someone. Did he foresee it as God? So they come to Jacob's well, which is still there today, and it's about 80 feet deep. You know, you can't get water out without some kind of instrument, which is then lowered on a rope. So... You can just see Jesus in all his humanity sitting by this well. It's so hot. It, it, Holy Land, at certain times of the year, it's just so hot at noon. You don't want to go or do anything, especially in that part. And it, she, he, Jesus, they're just so tired. And he sends the disciples off. He wants to get rid of them for a while. And he says, you guys go get food. And he says, you, don't you want to come with us, Lord? I'll stay here. So off they go to Safeway or someplace, you know. <laughs> it's... It's, it's quite a distance. This is not the closest well to town. This is a shrine. And it's noon, and people don't normally get water in the, at the height of the day. But this, Jesus is sitting there, exhausted, and probably praying any chance he can get, right? Uh, he, off they went, so here's more movement off towards Sychar. But there's a, there's a, a converse movement of a woman approaching with a, with a pitcher of water. And there she is. And here's Jesus sitting there. So she's minding her own business. Men and women didn't talk. It wouldn't, she wouldn't initiate a conversation with him anyway. And she can see he's a Jew. So from Jerusalem. So he says, in, in, my, in the Jerusalem Bible, it, it's, it, he says to her, woman, give me a drink. Try that on your mother. <laughs> if I said to my mother, woman, give me a drink. <laughs> it's not her. And, or how about your wife? Try that. No? Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> the, the Lord's tired. He's tired. He's really tired. He's probably thinking to himself, oh. <laughs> he says, give me a drink. And she's... She, She's got her hands on her hips. She says, I have to stand here and read this. She says, how can you, a Jew, ask me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink? She, she, you know, she's, she's deliberately come at the, at, to a, a well that's away from the town at the height of the day because she doesn't want to run into anybody. She's a woman with a past, and everybody knows it, and she just as soon keep to herself. Jesus 
is not going to play the game. He's not into politics, you know. Uh, he knows that he's not supposed to be talking with her, but he does it anyway. It's kind of a Pope Francis moment here, you might say. And uh, it really is. And um, so, and she says, uh, she says, uh, he says, if you only knew who you're talking to. Isn't it incredible? Here's this woman. She's not even fully Jewish. She's half Jewish and half pagan. And she's talking with God, and she doesn't know it. God Almighty, she is having an encounter with God. If you only knew how fortunate you are, I came into time specifically to seek you. And you're, this is the moment. She reached the moment, the center of her very life has just occurred, and she doesn't even know it. It's the same with us, you know. We don't know when God's going to appear. He's everywhere, let's face it. He's always here at Mass, always in the Eucharist, always in the Word, always in each other. But we have moments when we really have an encounter with God. We've got to hold on to that because it's not normal for us to always experience the presence of God in a tangible way on earth. When God speaks, we have to listen. And she's having one of those moments. It's an epiphany. It's an encounter with God. And he says, if you only knew... Are you greater than Jacob? How can you give me living water? He says, if you only asked, I would give you water that would last forever. Well, she's still thinking on the surface. She's, she's got that bucket in her hand, and she doesn't want to keep back and fill it all the time. She's thinking of her bucket and her long journey and her work. She's thinking of the trials of life. Lord, I know you want to give me eternal life, but I've got a bucket to fill. Doesn't that sound, it's beginning to sound familiar, doesn't it? I know you promised me eternal life at Easter, but you see, I've got a job that I've, I've been just been laid off, or I'm sick, or my child is home in bed, or it's been raining for 60 days. Can't you do something about this? <laughs> Why did you bring me to a play? blah, 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 you know? So, um, and he says, if you only knew what I'm trying to give you. See, he's on two levels. And Jesus is always speaking to us, trying to get us to go deeper, that there's something beneath the surface of every single Thing that happens to us on the face of the earth because it all has meaning. We're just here for a moment and then eternity lasts forever and then we're going to see all the opportunities we missed and the trick is to see it now and it's not easy and that's what Len is all about. He's trying to get her to understand living water. I wouldn't get it either. You know, our Lord's really speaking to all of us at this moment and then he recounts it to John later, this whole conversation and John records it for us to hear. She doesn't understand. He finally gives up. You know, he's sitting there by the well. I, I can picture this in my mind if I could only demonstrate it. He's sitting there by the well, kind of like, she's never going to get this. And he says, she says, he says to her, go call your husband. And she says, I don't have a husband. He says, well, you're right about that at least. You've had five of them and this one isn't your husband. So you were right about that. And he looks down. And so she's taken aback. She says, sir, I can see that you're a prophet. That's putting it mildly. He's got her attention now. And uh, she goes right into politics. This is, notice how she jumps right into the current events of the day. What would, I don't have to bring it up. You know, we all know the country's at issue. 
ever since I've been alive, the country's been at issue with something. And right now in Israel, it would be the Palestinian state and all that stuff and settlements. And what would they talk about? She says, you Jews say that to, we, you worship in Jerusalem, but your temple was destroyed and God kept our temple. So we think he, he chose us and not you. What do you have to say about that? Powerful argument. That their temple was never destroyed at the at the at the, um, at the cap- Babylonian captivity. That's why they thought they were chosen. The Jews thought they were half breeds, and so there's this huge argument. And he says, "Believe me, woman, the hour is coming when neither one of those places is going to be up. I'm the way. I'm the truth. You're going to worship in spirit and truth." So he sidesteps the current issue to go deeper, and this is an invitation to us in the present moment. This will pass. These divisions will pass. What's the deeper message here? What's our deeper mission? We're Christians in a hostile world. That's the way it is. We worship in spirit and in truth. So the Lord's inviting us into this deeper understanding in all of these encounters of life. And it's just an extraordinary thing. And eventually, she comes to understand. She says, well, we're waiting for the Messiah to come to save them from the Romans and so on. And he says, I'm, I'm, I'm it, you're looking at it. This is a, she's looking at a tired, exhausted Jew, but she sees something there and she leaves her jug. She leaves this jug that she was so interested in and goes running off to town. The least likely of all witnesses, the woman with the past. And she says, this man told me everything I've ever done and brings a crowd back. Here comes the disciples from Safeway, you know, and they say, Rabbi, eat. See, you know, and again, we have this duality. He, and he says, I have food you don't know about. And they don't get it either, see. It, that's, that's put in there for a reason. And then he says, see, the harvest is ripe. What's he looking at? He's seeing all the Samaritans coming from the town. He's not going to get a break either. <laughs> but he sees those people coming. They, they represent us, the Gentiles, coming to Jesus because of the testimony of this woman. And she's, she's found her life's mission. God only knows what happened to her after Jesus rose from the dead. I'd like to know. Uh, this this two-level existence, many people live on the surface and they never get below it. They don't realize there's more than the surface of the earth at work here. We are privileged to know Jesus Christ, though we don't always see him as this woman did. We pray that in the encounters of daily living, in the midst of our life's work, as this woman was, that we will see Jesus, that we will listen to Jesus, that we will find Jesus.